Welcome to episode 40 of Crave the Book. In today's episode, Amber and I cover chapters 94 through 98 of Tracy Wolf's Crush. And in these chapters, we get a little bit of conflict with Cyrus's circle, his weird little henchman. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. What is up, guys? We've got another short episode because unfortunately not a whole lot happened in these scenes, but it's like one of the big, it's like a big moment. But it's, it's a not, setup. It's a setup. It's a it's a ruse. It's so, a prep. Yeah, we're we're we are being prepped for disaster. But uh, Amber, in the event that our listeners have not read up to, let's see, we're doing chapters ninety four through ninety eight of Crush. Do you want to let them know what sound they should listen out for? Yeah, yeah. Just like every other week. <laughs> I wonder whether people could say this verbatim though. <laughs> No, you say just it like differently every, every time, though. You have well, yeah, because I don't actually have a script, so I just kind of spitball it, just to make it up. It's improv, improv, uh, improv comedy, freestyle, uh, girl. <laughs> so, just like every other week, you need to be listening out for the wolf howl. Sounds like this, woo! And we we do those noises so that we know where to put the wolf in retrospectively, just so you know that we don't. We, <laughs> we just sound like crazy people. <laughs> Um, you want to listen out for the wolf howl because everything up until that point is safe material. It is safe content based on the chapters that we have read, which was 94 to 98, as Starla said. Everything else will be 99 onwards. Um, we do have court spoilers in our spoiler section, so we don't want to ruin anything. So if you have not read up till court, and there's a big doozy one as well. So if you have not finished court, Please make sure that you listen out for the hell and drop out and come back later because we don't want to ruin anything. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to say that I did not do an ASMR this week. I, I completely forgot to mention it. Um, Sacrilege. I know. I'm very, I'm, if you guys knew how busy I was right now. You would understand. She's running I, on all cylinders. I'm like doing 16 hours a day right now. I am so tired, but we are going to persevere because that's the thing about owning a business is you set your own hours and I decided to slack off for like a couple months and now I have to <laughs> wind myself. Now you're paying for it. Exactly. Now I'm paying for it, but it's almost <laughs> over. Light at the end of the and, tunnel. And I did a four-day show and we're talking in the sun. at 5 a.m., <laughs> Oh, yeah, up at 5 a.m., bed at 10 p.m., making stock, selling stock, talking to the public. And me and Starla do not talk to the public <laughs> normally. Um, we get social burnout. So I did four-day show, and Monday I pretty much just died. I, <laughs> I couldn't move. I had no voice. I had no energy. My muscles ached. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're both Out of spoons. Strapped. We're out of spoons, guys. We're, we're there is spoons. no spoons in the Moore or Westwood household. <laughs> uh, but we will be back in better than ever as soon as we get through the next few crazy weeks. And I also received a uh, a box from Entangled Teen that I'll I'll unbox it on the channel. I haven't even unboxed God it yet. God damn it! They don't want me. <laughs> I, I you gave them your address, didn't you? Yeah, and then I never got anything. You, uh, we should I don't, bug. We I should. don't think that I'm enough of a social influencer. Maybe I'm they, not the Starla Moore. Maybe they just, uh, maybe they're, they don't want to ship internationally. <laughs> maybe they just don't want any British people. They don't want British people. <laughs> All right. Are we good to go? Mm -hmm. Let's, let's dive in. All right. Just halfway so, drinking my, my coffee. Like. <laughs> 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 so, um, we're leaving off at the point when Xavier and Macy and Eden and Grace and Mackay and Jackson and, and Hudson Ooh. are all about to bust out of the school and go to the unkillable beast, except mm -hmm. Xavier comes in and he's like, I have bad news. We can't leave because the school is covered in guards and they're they're everywhere 
And one of my favorite parts of this whole thing is Xavier, like, kind of calling out Jackson for being a dumbass because Jackson's like, but it, we have to leave because we must, like, he ex over explains, he's like, we must go to the unkillable beast to get the heartstone in order to ensure that Hudson does not come back. Like, did you really need to summarize all that? <laughs> and, and Xavier's like, he literally said, yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, like, I do understand our task. I understand the method in order to complete the task. However, I have told you that there is a stumbling block. <laughs> Would you like to tell me how we get around this obstacle? Uh, he's like, he's like, stop mansplaining, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then your next note. I, I've, 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 I've pondered this one for a while. <laughs> uh, yeah, I said armed guards for. For school children? Oh, sweet Amber in the UK. You just don't understand. <laughs> we don't even have guards, let alone them being armed. We had, uh, at my main high school, we had an officer on duty every single day in his Like school. an actual police officer, not like a security guard no. that was hired by the school, an actual cop. Yes, with a what? gun. Why? Because our children were violent. One of my one of my best friends. Maybe because you put cops in front of them. Well, the thing is, our cause school, and effect. <laughs> our school was so violent. We had even one of my friends. He was like just the, like a quiet kid. He tossed the another kid. Are the worst ones. They're he, the ones that you need he, to watch out for. Well, he was he was getting he was getting egged on like all day by this like gang of boys, and finally one of the boys tried to pick a fight with him in the lunchroom and my buddy just grabbed him by a shirt and literally threw him through that we had like windows that divided the hall from the cafeteria. He grabbed him by his shirt and just threw him through that window, like glass shattered. I mean, it was fights and stuff was an everyday occurrence, but yeah, we've, we've always had armed guards at our, at our schools. But I mean, since y'all need to have like less E numbers and less sugar. Because, <laughs> like, a fight everyday occurrence that didn't happen at my school. Oh, God, um, it was a, a multi no. multiple in a day. But then again, I wouldn't say that my school was in the lower end of expectations of, of like, You went to Hogwarts, okay? I, so <laughs> I went to grammar school, guys. They her school. genuine genuine grammar school. I don't even know like what the difference is between a grammar school and a normal school. Let me let me quickly. Her school had all like, the houses, and they all had their special colors and their special colored ties, and their special uniforms that they wore depending on what house they were sorted. Like <laughs> Harry Potter, she went to she went to Hogwarts, guys. That's so a grammar school is the only state-owned school that is allowed to accept and reject pupils based on intellectual ability. Oh. My school took every little humdrum no. kid no. that lived within a five-mile radius of the school. <laughs> What's funny is I didn't I wasn't even aware that I could have got rejected. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, had I known that, I think my anxiety would have been even more. I'm like, no, I don't want to go to Somerville. I don't want to go to Somerville. But yeah, I did not know that. Well, I feel quite smarmy now. Now you know. Is smarmy a word there? No. Smarmy. That sounds like something yeah. nasty that one Well, might... like, you have to be smarmy to be called mom. What? I don't know what any of this is. You're making like words mom, up. Like mom, like the queen. Mom. What? Madam. Mom. I've never nope. heard that term in my life. The queen likes to be referred to as mom. Like like marmalade? Yes, and there was a recent sketch for because it was the, the queen's jubilee. She's she's been on the throne for 70 years this year. Congratulations, Mrs. Queen. Um Mrs. Queen. And she did she did a comedy sketch. Our queen. Our our like 90-year-old queen did a comedy sketch with Paddington Bear. And oh. she said that in her handbag, she keeps marmalade sandwiches. Well, Amber, that sounds delightful. It was um, quite cute. Um, and she likes corgis, so 
and it sounds very British. Everything that you're yeah. saying. Yeah, I don't. So, you, so you don't like have. Um, so you, you know when you have somebody of a really like, high elevated status and you say sir. Yeah. What's the female equivalent? Ma'am. Yes. So you say ma'am like ham? Yeah. Ma'am. Oh. Ma'am. <laughs> M-A apostrophe no, we, we, we say mom. Mom like marmalade. That sounds too much like mom. <laughs> hey, mom. She is also my mom. Mom. She's, she's, she's meemaw. <laughs> she's, Br- she's British meemaw. Meemaw. All right. Anyway, back back on track. We've oh god, it's been a, it's we haven't had just, we haven't had socialization in a couple of days. We're we're off the rails. We're like, "Oh my god, a human to talk to." Um a human to talk to that understands my crazy. That understands that Like if 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 I said these things to just a normal member of the public, they would probably turn around and walk away. <laughs> they wouldn't even say, "I'm really sorry, but you're a bit weird." I'm they would s- just literally just go, "Mhm." And walk away. <laughs> Sorry, I'm neurospicy. And neurospicy. <laughs> All right. Next note is yours, and I cannot help but um, notice that we have added more chickens into the mix. More chickens. It's, it's weekly. Um. So I can't actually remember who, and I, but I think that it might have been Savior. It was Savior because he said, "Do you want the bad news or the bad news?" So the bad news was obviously that the school was armed. Uh, was but guarded by armed guards so that there was going to be a bit more difficulty getting out of the school. Um, But he also said that Cyrus had, instead of him competing against Grace in the games, he was getting other Ketmere students to be the challenged team. And um, everybody else was like, oh, wow, he's using kids to avoid getting hurt because he's scared of Grace, the <laughs> little chicken shit. And uh, I put, yeah, I put Cyrus, the chicken shit. Cyrus, the we, chicken shit. We need more Hudson. Hudson, the chicken whisperer. He could whisper to his daddy. <laughs> Vamp daddy. But yeah, so, so instead of um, Cyrus fighting Grace in the Ludares tournament, he gets... Cole. Everyone who hates her. Cam (laughs) and Simone. Like, can you imagine? It's like, oh, yeah, you've got to play, like, soccer to avoid being put into a dungeon. And um, you're playing on your own uh, with your boyfriend. Don't worry. Um, The boyfriend you've had for three months. And (laughs) your complete opposing team is all of your bullies. (laughs) And you You can die. I'm good. I'm good. I'd rather go to prison. I would rather just go, do you know what? I will go to your house. Yeah, I, I would rather not. Because the humiliation oh, yeah. that comes from from losing and, you know, the fact You that could it, also die. That sounds like death would be better would be a better option than being in the not Cyrus death dungeon. During the humiliation of playing the game that you literally learned yesterday. That's true. Because she she really doesn't know what she's doing. She really did learn it yesterday. (laughs) She did. She literally learned it yesterday. Yesterday, she was eating a funnel cake and drinking lemonade. And today, she is finding out that... Well, no, it wasn't yesterday because they got the the bloodstone yesterday, right? Oh, yeah. Um, My time mom is all screwy. Yeah, so it's like two days. Two days ago, she learned how to play it. Yeah. She's um, still not like major league baseball player level. Like No, definitely. She's not, not. great. No. Meanwhile, how old is Cyrus? Old? Like And he had to have already won a game of Ludes to be able to be in the circle. Yeah. Who who did he lo- who did he win against? Like who lost? Well, the blood letter was the original Oh, I'm I'm going into spoilers. Yeah, going based on court though. So he didn't kill whoever it was. No. Okay. 
We should we'll, we'll go back to this on spoilers because I have, oh, uh, now, uh, okay. now okay. I have things I want to add. Um, so <laughs> they're they're trying to figure out how to get out, and then Macy just conveniently remembers that she has. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that that crazy tunnel that only I know about that I've completely decorated in stickers and grace is also conveniently forgot i know they both forget that there is a magical little tunnel that is full of gemstones and stickers um that they can use to get to the planetarium so while going through it they're they're looking at all the stickers that macy has decorated her tunnel with and all i'm thinking is man a beautiful beautiful like tunnel with giant jewels stuck in the walls i would not sticker up my jewel cave (laughs) <laughs> like for real you would not dis- debase your jewel cage cage cave, cave Ca- with something as banal as a sticker absolutely not that's so like you saying that you're not the kind of person to put car decals on your muscle car absolutely not you're not going to get those like stick family figures <laughs> the hell no my car, my you've you've been in my car. I'm, I drive a I drive a terrifying, m- giant Dodge Challenger, with a shaker in the hood. Like I am not gonna put stickers on it. I mean, it's got <laughs> racing stripes, but the, it came like. But that. you didn't put them on. Yeah, they were professionally put on by the by the company. I would never put a sticker. I mean, if I was driving like. Like a Geo Metro from 1997, sure. You put like a weird fish sticker on it. The sticker was would make that look better, you know. No, no Jesus fish. Um, there it would, you know. Jesus fish. If it's a Geo Metro from 1997, though, there was likely already a Jesus fish on it, so that has been removed, <laughs> and like you won't actually have the Jesus fish on it, but you'll still see the the sun baked Jesus fish from where the sun has yeah, bleached, bleached the rest, bleached everywhere but that pit with that had the it, sticker on it. Exactly, exactly. But no. so, do you also have like the groups of people who meet in like supermarket car parks? With their like, so it's usually Ford Fiestas in in our case, like really small first time cars. But then they soup up those cars to like an nth degree, and they put all the stickers imaginable on it, and just sit there and rev it really late at night because they've got nothing else to do. Yeah, we have those. We have street racing too, but usually stickers on those are sponsorship stickers. Mark, he had a um. We uh, can't really street race in the UK. I mean, you're not supposed to here, but we don't. Well, we don't. We we have too narrow a road, yeah, and and there's not enough of a straight to be able yeah. to gain any kind of speed. <laughs> yeah, so the, you may be able to do it on the motorway. The lesson here, guys, lesson of the episode is don't sticker up your jewel cave. And I think that that's <laughs> going to be the title of the episode because that just sounds like a great title. Don't sticker. It does. Don't sticker up your it jewel does. cave. Um, yeah. Next note. Speaking yours. of jewel caves, it's, yeah, our our jewel <laughs> cave. Now that's Edward Cullen. So yeah, um, I noticed through and, and until Grace actually mentioned it, um, we hadn't had a single word from Hudson for an entire chapter. Um, and it actually goes on for like two or three chapters where he doesn't actually say a single word. Um, and it was weird. It was like a character who had completely been written out. Somebody who was like so vocal normally to just be gone. Where did he go? Um, well, the first time he speaks to her is from like deep inside her mind as well. He isn't corporeal. He isn't there in front of her for this entire time. And I'm wondering whether he... Kn- for Firstly, he's kind of hiding and sulking because he feel like he's going to his death or like going to lose half of himself or her because yeah um but also i feel like he might be trying to give them as much energy as possible by not leeching on them oh. to give them a, the best chance that they can good theory good theory like because because if- he knows he knows as soon as he becomes like physical appearance and starts like draining on the energy of both grace and jackson so far, there's not really been any, like, threat to that being an issue, except for the Ludez tournament, and he did it then. He did it where he disappeared and, and made sure that she had as much energy as possible. 
yeah, I'm, I'm wondering whether he's like, we don't really have a chance. They're doing something that is is literally in the name, going against an unbeatable beast, uh, the the unkillable beast, an impossible mission. And I want to give them as best opportunity as possible by kind of feeding to the back a bit. Yeah, because he's come to terms because with the fact that, that he is not going to be able to... I mean, persuade anybody. Right, because Grace has already like fought for him. She has tried her best. She's done everything. And that she's she the can. only voice. She's the only voice that he currently has at the moment. It's not like he can go and speak through somebody else. She is the only one. And what is really upsetting is he could very easily take over Grace's body and just tell everybody we will not go to the unkillable beast's island using his powers of persuasion and they would just go okay but he promised her that he wouldn't do it anymore yeah exactly and he never wants to use his power like that ever again they're making it that's really upsetting they're making it very hard for for poor hutters Mm -hmm. um they they (laughs) we didn't make a note of this but when they get to the planetarium it's completely dark until Grace gets her phone out and um, starts shining her flashlight from her phone and Macy's lipstick is all smudged <laughs> from her, her smooch and Xavier, which Xavier in the Catmere Academy guide, we get a whole little chapter about Macy and Xavier going on a date to the planetarium and it's really cute. Yeah. So make sure that you guys read the Catmere Academy Insider's Guide if you haven't already. There's, It's not... It's not essential to the story, but you do get a lot of extra really cute little scenes that you wouldn't get otherwise. It's like deleted scenes. Yeah, yeah. Like stuff that doesn't contribute to the main storyline, but it makes it makes some of the story more impactful. And it makes you it makes you some of them make you a little sad because you get different perspectives. Mm -hmm. But um, so they go to the planetarium and then they realize that the. Um, there's a portal there that Macy had, uh, her, her teacher had left there for her to study. And that portal... That teacher that we had not heard of. Yeah. Except for that one moment where Grace is walking back from being a gargoyle for four months. And then (laughs) that one teacher that never gets mentioned ever again. Yeah, he was a wolf. (laughs) I, I remember specifically that he was a wolf, that she could tell by the way that he looked that he was a wolf. But apparently, the lunar astro, uh, astronomy teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Was that was that the position? Yeah. So, which yep. would make sense that it was a wolf, but apparently, um, he left a portal open in the planetarium for Macy to study. And of course, Grace, being the ditz that she is, leans in to get a closer look and falls in. <laughs> yep, and straight on her butt as well. Like she doesn't manage to like tumble out gracefully. <laughs> she for for somebody called Grace, she has zero grace. She has the grace of a rhinoceros. <laughs> <laughs> She's me. <laughs> in every way it's, uh, everything that she does is relatable I've yeah I, I will trip over my own feet so <laughs> so yeah everybody like tumbles out of the the um the portal with her but every single person even lands on their feet even even Macy and Grace is just so pissed off but everybody else is so much better at it than her and she kind of puts this like kind of request into Jackson that he has to kind of teach her at some point to be able to not die every time she falls through a pool. And he goes, oh, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> and like, you know that he's he's not going to at any point. At the same time, he's it's never like, going to teach her. His big thing is like, I will protect you. I'll, I will be, I will protect you against anything. I'll save you. And then she's like, can you teach me how to not fall on my face? He's like, no. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of like, a, you know, like a, when a guy is watching you struggle because you're short trying to reach something. All the time. Yeah. And it's like, are you just watching me because you think it's adorable that I can't reach it? Because actually for me, it's really frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I that is every day Mr. Moore will yeah. watch me. I do not enjoy <laughs> being watched as I struggle to reach things and do that kind of flip thing with my fingers to yes. try and get it closer to the edge and actually then send it further back. And you're like, oh. It's always a lid. And they're just looking at you. Yeah, they're just looking at you with a smirk on their face. And they're like, are you going to ask me? Are you going to please ask me? Ask me to help you. And I'm like, I don't want you to help me. I want to be able to be taller to reach it myself. My dignity. But I, it is not something I can fundamentally change about myself. No. It's not, I cannot learn to be taller. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, I've I've I have experienced that. Um every every day of my life. I'm, I'm I asked a guy I got asked a guy in um in our uh, supermarket there was something that we could not reach at this on this shelf it was too far back and there was too few left for us to reach and we were like we're gonna have to ask someone and this guy rounded this corner and he was maybe two inches taller than us and we were like oh no (laughs) oh no it's gonna be really embarrassing for him to try and then fail um but we said is there any chance you could be tall enough for us to like get this thing down and he went no one has ever asked me to be tall for them. Oh. Like, oh. he, he walked around the rest of the day with this like giant grin on his face and we could not stop walking into him for the rest of our shop. Big dick either. syndrome. We were just like, oh, just like, oh, just, like, oh. so embarrassing. That's hilarious. You you made his day and it I, just, we did. It, he needed a midget to to tell him that they, that they needed him to yeah. get something. When you're... And that's the thing. Amber and I are both like, I think we're the same height, right? Five, two, five foot two. Yeah. We're both five, two. So it's the world is a lot. It's not designed for our, our kind. Okay. Nope. (laughs) So obviously since nothing, nothing extreme has happened at all in the story yet, other than maybe like the Ludares, um, competition nothing crazy has happened yet nothing life-threatening right and then out of nowhere they're surrounded they've they've gotten through the portal and they look up and they are completely surrounded by cyrus's guards and they're all like dressed in black and some of them are half shifted and it's all creepy and jackson steps up and he's like he knows them by name as well yeah he like knows all of them by name he's like like, shut up steve yeah shut up steve what was his name? Simon. Simon. Mm-hmm. Shut up, Simon. Yeah. So, and I, I, I just, I don't know. This whole scene, I was, I was, the first time I read it, I was just craving, like, conflict by now. I'm just like, yes, finally. <laughs> someone's going to get hurt. And. Like, Yay. And someone did get hurt. <laughs> they did. They did. Quite badly, too. Yeah, and uh, you know, like it was—it wasn't just like, a, oh, I've broke my leg, and therefore, I, then I cannot like help. It's a no, no, no. My throat was removed. Why was the guard's first instinct? The first guard to attack, too. The first guy to attack was a werewolf. The first blow. Yeah, the first instinct was to grab a, a teenager by the throat and rip. Someone his- who wasn't doing anything, and yeah. somebody who wasn't posing any threat, really. Yeah. He was, he was, and why, and if Mackay has the, he's the one with the hypnotism power, he's, he's mm-hmm. the Jasper of the group, why did he not, he could have used, use it? Yeah, he could have <laughs> used it, like. At any point. I mean. Because they were, they were literally trying to persuade the guards to just leave them alone because they were just going to practice Ludes. Except it was only Jackson. Yeah. And meanwhile, Hudson's going out of his absolute mind <laughs> from the depths of her soul. Like, just shift, shift, shift. you're going to die, shift. She's like, wait a minute. And she's like, shut up. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. but Not that it would have helped. No, it, it wouldn't have helped. And she did She did shift eventually. Um, well, well, the, the, the conflict happened yeah. and Grace wasn't even aware of what the trigger was. She doesn't even know what the catalyst was. And she was like, it must have been imperceivable. It must have been so small, like a shift of Jackson's foot or a snap of a twig behind them or something because it set them on edge and then they attacked. There was no reason for it. So if Grace had shifted, it would have been even more of a reason for them to attack because they would have seen it as a threat. That's my kink. That 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 imperceivable motion between Switch. Yeah, like when you've got like those that that primal male moment where they're staring each other down and you, you don't like I, as a female, I don't understand when I see two dudes just like 
face to face just staring each other down and there's like a, a silent communication like dogs when dogs so you're, so you're talking like the baseball scene in in twilight no no you, growling that, that that bit that bit that is the most uncomfortable scene it ever is. it's very uncomfortable no the way <laughs> the way that i pictured it before the movies tarnished it though would have been fine yeah but, but no i even wrote it i wrote it into my book because i i really enjoy that primal aspect that I don't understand because maybe it's just something that and I'm sure some females have it but I don't where it, you mainly see it with males and animals they go primal where they they can just stand you know completely still staring at each other and one Posturing. little yeah one little move indicates that fight a fight's about to begin and in in my <laughs> book I describe a scene where one of the characters like drops his hands takes them to his pocket one of my other characters like stiffens up because he he's like looking for signs that the other character is going to pull a weapon the other character notices that he stiffens up and he relaxes his posture again like those little pieces and and i in maintaining eye contact throughout it i don't know there's something about that you guys if you're listening to this you should comment on the youtube um version of the podcast and let us know. Is that your kink too? Or am I just psycho? I think maybe I'm just psycho. I don't know. It's like, it's like in A Court of Thorns and Roses in the, in the first book, when Reese first goes to the Spring Court Manor and he's got just that absolute like careless arrogance. And then he just snaps for a minute and gets up in Lucian's face. And then he just like turns away casually again. Like mm -hmm. all of that. Are you there? I am. Okay. I was just agreeing. With, I was agreeing with you. Just going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh -huh. mm -hmm. <laughs> I was. I was on a. I was on a rant there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the first blow hits Makai. Makai goes down, and his his entire throat has been ripped out, pulled off. <laughs> like I don't know how to describe it. Um. And Grace is kind of being instructed by Hudson what to do to save him. Ooh. And uh, there's a moment where he says, like, just break off a piece of yourself. <laughs> what piece? And she's like, um, how? Uh, yeah, apparently you can just, <laughs> as a gargoyle, just go, well, I don't need this finger. Like, what was it? Like, what was his expectation like, oh, I didn't think that you'd go for that body part. Amber, like. <laughs> Amber, if you were a gargoyle and uh -huh. you, you needed to break a piece of yourself off, <laughs> what piece would you choose? I don't know. I think that I would probably choose something small, but then I would be scared that it would hurt. All right, let's assume that you know that it won't hurt and that it'll heal. I might just, like, chew off a bit of fingernail. <laughs> I would break off my hair if her hair is stone too, right? Good point. Like, yeah, good point. Like it. Break off like a tip, you know, like give yourself a trim. <laughs> like the horn, yeah. the horn feels like that doesn't feel. I would have forgotten. I forgot that she had horns. Yeah, it doesn't feel like. Because I'm not looking at them. And she stays without a horn. I've got the fan art from my new um, bookish box series where she's shifted. It's like the, the fan art from the uh, garg, or not the. Um, the covet, the battle in covet, at the end of covet. I won't go into the specifics. Um, and her horn is is broken. So obviously, like it stays a thing. She stays missing a horn. It's not like a thing that grows back. Doesn't grow. Doesn't grow back. No, it's just she's 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 oh. not as horny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but but yes, she she gets there. She 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 breaks off a bit of her horn. And then Hudson's like, okay, my turn. And then just does something. And then she ends up with a pile of dust. And I'm like, did he use his disintegration <laughs> on the stone? Ah. Like, why Why was he needed? Like, what did he do? Yeah, because she didn't really learn anything from this experience. No. She didn't learn. He just, he told her what to do. And then he did the rest. So without him, she wouldn't have been able to do it and i wonder if she could still because i i don't think she does this again in the story like i don't think it, in any of the books she does this exact thing again where she no. heals someone by turning like a wound to stone to kind of like seal it until they can get help 
Um, I wonder if she she's... quarterized with Stone. Yeah, like is this? I'm just gonna a... call it quarterize. Quarter, quarter, quarterize, corduroy. She corduroy the wood. Corduroy. Yeah. But yes, she she manages to heal him, and then uh, apparently Makai has this whole like debate as to like no, I don't want to take the queen's thing. She's apparently a queen already. I was suspicious the first time I read it. What were you suspicious? Where he's just like no, 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 no. Like I I was really suspicious, and you know I I had been suspicious of him for a while. I thought for sure. When Tracy said that there will be a betrayal in in court, I was like, "Oh my god, it's going to be Mackay," but it wasn't Mackay. Um, but I spoilers. Well, and I, eh, well, it, it not being Mackay is less of a spoiler than who it actually was. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, Mackay is Heather Ware Crab. Heather Ware Crab. Mackay is going to be a prime, like, focal point of Cherish, I would assume, mm-hmm. given the end of Court. With that being yeah. the case, I wonder if that'll come back into play, the whole thing about him being healed by her. Well, she says, like, I won't tell anybody if you don't. And, like, I'm like, y- your throat is literally made of stone right now. <laughs> Nobody's going to go, hang on a minute, <laughs> Wait. Macy. What did you do? Well, maybe nobody knows that she can do that because she's a gargoyle. And they haven't observed Or that she, she gave part of herself and yet she's missing half of her horn. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm... Powers of deduction. <laughs> bold guess, though, that nobody has observed this kind of healing in a very long time. So maybe their mm-hmm. current medical professionals, Maurice, um isn't aware that this is a possibility and they might be able to sum it up to some other type of yeah. magic. Maybe they just went, oh, she probably broke her horn tripping out of a vortex. <laughs> she's so clumsy. It wouldn't be surprising that she's got a broken horn, especially, you know, they, they go to the unkillable beast. So maybe it happened there, you know? I like to think of it as like, you know, when she's like, I broke a nail. It's like, I broke a horn. Nails grow back, though. No. Your hornies are forever. Can you can you get a hang horn? A hang horn where it's just barely <laughs> hanging on. No, I'm gonna assume that it breaks off like. Uh, I mean, it, she broke it off awfully easy. She just kind she of she did. She snapped it, which means that she's a lot less um, resilient than I think that the book. Unless she is, has the ability, because she is also. Stone. Maybe it's like the vampire bite. It has to have intent. She has to break with intent. <laughs> all right last note is yours and it's sad yeah so um they are um eventually able to get away from the guards they then apparently jackson just throws grace onto the back of flint <laughs> and they are flying to this unkillable beast island and grace is She's trying to broach the topic of the fact that the last conversation that her and Jackson actually had was quite an awkward one. Um, And now they've lost one of their main, like, people within their group who was going to be able to make sure that their task got completed. Um, And she's having this discussion in her head how how she's going to have this conversation with Jackson because he's just not playing and Hudson starts going well I, I have a plan and it, it it involves you not killing the beast you should just go talk to it and she's like well why would like why does that make sense and he's like well not every monster is what they seem <laughs> no I really this this whole moment though like where it's almost like when you're when you're a kid talking to your friend and your friend is like, you know, why don't you just like talk to your parents? And you're like, oh, my parents won't listen. Like there's mm-hmm. you're having that private conversation, but you know that you're like the 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 person above you, your caretaker or even like boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, whatever isn't gonna listen. So you're telling like this trusted other person that like, oh, you know, I've they're not going to listen. It's pointless. Like it, it's, 
it's it's a pointless effort. Yeah. And and you're trying to explain to them, like, I've done everything I can. It's pointless. It's not in my hands anymore. Like, I think everybody has felt that helplessness and having that private conversation with someone that you trust where you're like, yeah, my my parents or my my whoever, they're it's they're not going to listen. Yeah. Or somebody gives you a, a solution that you're like, you've definitely come up with a solution because you've listened to my problem for the last two minutes, but you haven't been there since the beginning to know that I've tried that already. Yeah. Um, and I find that like a lot of the time when I'm moaning about something or venting about something, people go like, why don't you just, and I'm like, the sentence, why don't you just, do you not think that I've already thought of that? Oh God. Yeah. I'm venting to you because I've tried every eventuality. I've tried every scenario. I've tried everything. The reason why I'm moaning to you is because there is nothing else for me to do except moan. Or I'm moaning because it's easier to moan than do the easy solution. Yeah. It's like, I just want to moan. I don't need a solution. I need an ear. That's, and, you know, it's and it's definitely a, a, a male-dominant trait. Um, if you read any like psychology books that break down gender perspectives, males are fixers. They are, Mm -hmm. there is a hunter gatherer, you know, ancient tribe mentality there where it's like, ook, ook problem, ook, ook must fix. (laughs) Like, and (laughs) most of the time women, you know, we don't need a fix. We just need you to shut the hell up. And yeah, and just listen, listen to the problem for a little while. I, I'm definitely a fixer because I'm not good at listening. I, I I will listen, but I I definitely am an a I'm an action person. I don't like to listen to people complain without, um, like without. It, it's mainly people who won't solve their own problems. You know, where they'll just sit and like. Oh, woe is me. Everything sucks. My life's so bad. I don't have money. I can't get out of my relationship. And you're like, oh, have you tried this? No, I don't want to. And I'm just like, that's what I don't like. Yeah. People who are My husband decided this new thing, and I've, I've really noticed it over the last couple of months, and I don't know whether something made him start doing this or whether it's just a maturation or like an evolution of who he is as a person but whenever I've come to him with a problem and and usually it is a problem of like logistics or something where I'm like I can't see a solution I don't see a way out um because he is he's my sounding board he's the person I go to with my my issues where I'm like I don't know what else to do here and instead of coming back with a solution he says what do you need and that is actually a really liberating solution. Even though he's not given me a a way out or a solution that is necessarily helpful because he's literally just opening up for more problems, essentially, that opens up the thing of me coming back with my ideal way out. And then he can help me try to make that a reality. And usually it is a case of, I have all of these problems. I could solve everything if one of these problems went away. And if you can help me solve this problem, then I can do the rest. And over the weekend, it was a case of I needed to be in three different places at once. And I myself didn't have a vehicle to be able to do it. And he just went, what do you need? And I said, I need one of these things to not be an issue and he went okay I've booked tomorrow off of work and it was an immediate like relief because I was like okay that's fixed all of my issues because I had too many plates and I just needed one plate to stop and that was I now have a vehicle and I also now have a husband who is like able to help me during the day it's all about yeah, the so approach. It, it's yeah. So it, if, if anybody ever comes to you with like, a, I am, I have this like this, this to do. I, I don't want to do, and he's usually coming from a place of anxiety as well. That they're coming with you with a really long to do list, and they're thinking that they have so much to do in a short space of time. And it's usually because they're like, I don't feel I am capable of doing it. And instead of coming like, why don't you say, what do you need? And they'll usually come up with a solution themselves that might involve you, 
but not to the extent of you having to offer up a favor or to do a huge task or to problem solve with them. It is usually just a case of them saying, thank you for asking. I really need you to do this. Yeah. That's why it's all about the approach. It can't be like a, what do you need? It has to be like, Mm -hmm. it has to be an honest kind. Like, okay. What do you, what do you need? What do you need from me? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And from a place of, I am okay with whatever you ask me to do. I might have to say I can't actually do that, but opening it up to, uh, I'm offering my help here, but what do you need from me rather than me going, well, I could do this for you because that actually might cause more issues. Cause like, I've already thought of that solution. It didn't work. I've already run the scenario. I've gone through, um, the like simulator game in my head of like, okay, if this happens, then this happens and this happens. Oh, catastrophic fail. Cool. Start the game again. I've already done that. Just say, well, okay. What do you need from me? This, I feel like every YA book could be solved with that, you know, more, more communication. (laughs) That's all. That's the entire Crave series. It was definitely the Twilight series. It's it's every book. It's Fifty Shades. Um, I think that yeah. Reese and Feyre they do, they do a good job of communicating. I think that they have the best communication. Like imagine if this book started out as Grace goes to Catmere. Jackson comes up to her and he goes, "I need you to leave." And she goes, "I can't leave." And he goes, "Well, what do you need? I need a safe space for me to stay because my parents have died and I have no family." He'd be like, oh, I have loads of money. I can fix that for you. Yeah. But he didn't. He bullied her and made her feel small and insignificant. And, and she still feels that way. With, and threatened with monsters. She still feels small and insignificant. Like, she, yeah. she definitely says, like, oh, I'm just as powerful as you. But at the same time, when you look at him and you're like, I, I would be afraid if he looked at me like that. Then, no, you are you are putting him on more of a pedestal than you're putting yourself because you're saying that he is a more more powerful being more powerful being which means that you are literally looking at him with a a also i would be very concerned if my husband did a face that i was like i would die if he did that face to me like but that's a that's a huge red flag there like if he's capable of making that face red flags give me red flags mm -mm. i like those red flags i like that that that's the look that's the look i was just talking about that primal like like, the look is like the dad the dad face or the 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 dad voice the dad voice oh my god my husband's a dad my husband is a dad but when no when they do that voice that's like yeah like they're speaking to another human being who i love in that way not they're threatening somebody else with death well yeah in one look nah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm fine with that look though, as long as I'm not the one like receiving it on the receiving end. If I, if I, like, I would like, I like knowing that he could do that to any one of my enemies. <laughs> yeah, I, I can observe it from from afar. Are you ready to get on the spoilers? Spoilers. Oh yeah, let's do it. Oh, oh woo woo woo. Okay. <laughs> what was that? Oh woo woo. Oh woo woo. I need to at some point. I want to replace it. There's. Patrick uh, from Spongebob going, I'm going to replace our wolf howl with that someday (laughs) if I can find the sound clip for it. Um, Anyway, so spoilery spoilers. We will have a couple from court in here. So just make sure that actually, no, we they're not court. It's covet. Covet. Okay, so covet. But with the point of there's a battle in the end of court as well. Oh, yeah. I spelled battle. Yeah. Wrong. Okay. All right. Every time there's a beetle. Every time there's a beetle. Okay. You're, you first. You go. Uh, so when I read the planetarium was where they were going, I completely forgot that that was where they went. And I also just suddenly remembered the little extra like deleted scene, like the bonus chapter. And it just made my heart hurt so much. Just like, oh... It was the first and, like, last place they went together oh, in Katmere. Oh. It was their their special place. Their special place. And he, he managed to get in, like, one less smooch in the planetarium. <laughs> oh. 
That's sad. Yeah. So have you ever been in a situation where, like, you had to kind of give a give a little warning to your, your girlfriend that they had makeup smeared across their face or looked like they'd uh, been tussled? No, just period blood. <laughs> period blood on their face? No. <laughs> No, no. One of the one of the pulling pulling a friend aside in the hallway and being like, "Here, I'm gonna wrap my hoodie around your waist. Don't ask why." Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> never, never, yeah. never a makeup smeared uh, instance, though. No, that's the look now. I mean, we've got we've got. I'm sure we've got a younger demographic. Is it? Yes, we've got a younger demographic who listens to this podcast. I know. I look at our analytics, and um, we when I went to speak at my my old high school. Like I was looking at the goth kids now versus the goth kids when I was in high school. And now the look is to like do your makeup perfectly and then take like a makeup wipe, put it over your eyes and smear it all the way down your Wh- cheeks. What? Like that that blowjob cry makeup. You know what <laughs> I You know what I'm talking yes, about. That's, I know exactly what you mean. Apparently that's the look. Really? All the goth kids had that. They, it's like they put on their makeup perfectly uh-huh. and then they smeared it all down their cheeks. I'm like, okay. what? I see. You do you, girls. So maybe <laughs> maybe that's why. Maybe it's like you don't want anybody to... I mean, the boys who... There, we, there were definitely guys who, had, who also had makeup on and their makeup was pristine. It was all the girls who had their streaked. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand. Maybe you, you guys got to explain it to me. I don't understand what is it, <laughs> is that the aesthetic? Is that is that the look? Is that because I know that when I have a perfect cat eye uh, that I have worked very hard to you're achieve. not touching it. Yeah, I'm not touch. I am not messing it up. I, it I, the you hairspraying that bitch. Yeah, it's. I don't even want to take it off at night. There are times when I sit down to take my makeup off at night, and I'm like, oh man, my makeup looked so good today. I hate to ruin it. <laughs> it's like it's like a, a piece of art. Okay. Anyway, your next note is a good question, though. I really this is yeah. this is one that I thought of immediately, and I went to put a note, and you already had it, so I'm glad that you noted this one because I want to discuss. <laughs> so after well d- during that like exchange where Mackay is like begging Grace not to give a part of herself to him in order to heal him. Um, and Hudson explains it as it's like an antiquated version of like etiquette where because it's the you're the queen or you're going to be queen someday he doesn't want to feel like he's owing a part of himself to you again I did I just was immediately reminded of the scene with Flint's mom when she gives Jackson her heart will Jackson now owe her like a huge debt or favor she he okay wait didn't she say that to take care of her son wasn't that like her thing was didn't she tell jackson unless it's a fever dream but i thought that she told him that in return he had to like make sure flint was okay yeah maybe and but like i'm wondering whether how much of that is an actual deal like you can't get out of it well she's not a dragon anymore if she gave her heart she's not even a dragon that would make her mortal wouldn't it yeah and also that makes you wonder like whether she's still queen i don't know that's what and that's what i was thinking because if if aiden aiden is dragon king if he were to step down, that would put Flint in his place. And if Flint and Jackson do end up together, then once again, as we've said before, va- the role of vampire court would be two two leading vampires. Gargoyle court would be Grace and But I don't Hudson. think that they can just step down. I think they still have to challenge for the circle. In which case, who do they fight against in the Ludes tournament? I don't think... I mean, is it... Do you have to challenge if you are next of kin? Like... I don't know. I know you have to do it and you ha- you can only compete with a mated pair. So that means that they would definitely have to be mated in order to compete with each other. And you cannot have a place on the circle unless it's a mating pair either. I think we're going to get answers in Cherish. I think that that's why she 
decided that she needed to write another book because there's just too many. It's like too much information. Can't fit it in. Yeah, it's too many loose ends because Court was already such a long book compared to the others. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll find out. Um, so I noticed that every time in this series that there is a big battle, Grace is never fighting. She always turns her back on the battle and is hunkered down on the ground, focusing on someone else. And she is always, she always says something about, I am not paying attention to what's going on around me. I am giving all of my energy to this individual. Every <laughs> single She's time. a healer. Yeah. She's a healer. She's she's not she's not deep, uh, DPS at all. <laughs> no, she's 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 our, not tank. <laughs> yeah, she's our she's our group mage. She's she's just going to stand <laughs> around and which is weird. Yeah. Because you'd think that she'd be more like paladin, cleric. When you no. when you look at the rest of the gargoyles that w- were like in the courtyard like fighting, you know, a- in court, they're all like hunky-dory, you know, big and and in the fan art that I have, I'll have to show you a picture of it. The art that I got in my version of Court, they're like they're beefy. They're like they got like pecs and abs. The gargoyles. <laughs> oh well, they were kind of training for a thousand years. Were they? I thought they were complete. Oh no, they weren't. They were training while they were frozen. That's right. They weren't mentally yeah. frozen. They existed and they were sentient in their. I like to think of them as like kind of like when you're in prison, you've got nothing else better to do than get fit and get smart. Oh God, yeah. If I if I went to prison, I would ensure that the when I got time out, time on my hands. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I get so much done. That's why I don't understand like people who get out of prison and they have not bettered themselves bettered at themselves. all. Like, yeah, you, you've got so much time. Like, read yep. every book. Yeah, I don't know. But I think that that's about it, unless you had anything that you needed to add. No, that was everything. There was something that we said earlier that you will need to come back to, but I don't remember what it was. It was <laughs> it was Mackay, um, me being suspicious, because he made me... So basically, when Court was about to come out, Tracy revealed that there was going to be a big... Like, there was going to be a double cross somewhere, that somebody was not who we thought that they were and at the beginning of court Maurice ended up kind of double crossing the group at Catmere um and I thought okay that that's who it was no biggie and then when everybody gets to the vampire court it turns out that it was um yep what was it Liam? Liam. Yeah, it turns out that it was uh, Liam the entire time. That guy that we don't remember. (laughs) I remember him because I I remember Lulu Lucky's art of Liam, and I I picture that. Um, With the baby animals? Was that the same guy? No. Liam, I don't think so. I don't think so. Liam, Lulu Lucky's version of Liam is, like, blonde with, like, pierced ears and... I don't know. But anyway. Um, <laughs> so, but, but everybody else, like the fans, had me convinced that it was going to be Mackay because one person pointed out that Mackay, his, like, his time at Catmere was paid for by Cyrus. Mm-hmm. And then, so we had that happen. And then we had the scene where... Mackay, I mean, he's always Jackson's, like, second-hand man. Then we had this scene where he was like, no, 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 like, trying to get Grace to not heal him. And then he conveniently happens to be the one who gets, like, a mortal, like, curse in- injury at the Monster Taffy. Right? Yeah. In court? I think you, For, you pig in... Two, two and two and two together and making like 17. I know. I, I feel like I'm stacking too many things. But he's, he's the <laughs> but main... But you could be right. Like, we've we've definitely theorized things and they've been proven true, like, before books have, have 
been written. So you could be right. Well, he's, I don't see it yet, but then we are reading these through a second time. So we might come across another chapter where we're like, hey, this is a bit hinky. Yeah, just keep keep Mackay and being sus on the brain because he is the reason <laughs> in Cherish something about they got to go to the shadow realm be, to save him because he's got some bug. Some bug, yeah. His, he's, some shadow bug. He's got a shadow bug. Because he got bit by a shadow bug. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right, guys. I, I think that this this sums it all up. This was uh, episode 40. Oh, my God. That's insane, Amber. Absolutely insane. Yep. Well, guys. That is 40 weeks. 40 weeks. So we've been doing it. 40 weeks, guys. It's nearly a year. Almost. we got to do something for to celebrate. A year celebration. Happy anniversary. Yay. All right, guys. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.